With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a metal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Place any pre-event wager on $1 to be eligible to cast $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this does not come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now and get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings. It's an easy-to-navigate site, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Second episode of the off season. How are you, Mason? I am chilling. Awesome. And enjoying not having to stress over switching shifts and fucking staying up late for hockey games. But man, is Mark Bergevin really kind of taking a toll into my chill, my chill time <laughs> with these with these moves and all the the, the shit that's happened in Hapsland the last week since we last spoken. Uh, there's there's a lot a lot to talk about. Yeah, man, and this is actually a really uh, special episode. We have a we have a guest for the middle of the episode, I guess you'll say. But uh, we brought on Beth from 
Habs uh, the Happy Hour, which is fucking a super successful <laughs> Habs podcast. Uh, and I made sure they that, that I said that like five times. Uh, but it was a it was a fun little uh, chat with her about uh, her and her mom going to game two in um, Tampa. But uh, other than that, fuck, man, we have uh, some interesting shit to talk about. So as we're recording today, they released the um, the draft protected list for Wednesday's uh, Seattle draft. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. There is a lot of craziness within it, not just with the Montreal Canadiens, which we'll, we'll focus more to, you know, more on, but like the likes of like Gabriel Landeskog's rights, uh, Matt Duchesne's back in it. Um, Jeff Skinner's going to try his ass off to get out of Buffalo and it's not going to happen. Uh, Alex Ovechkin's in it, and then uh, Carey Price. So. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to talk about the real shock, uh, the real hard-hitting news, the stuff everyone's been talking about on Twitter for the most part. It's just everyone's up in arms, and obviously I'm talking about the fact that Montreal didn't protect Brett Kulak. Oh, yeah, it's uh, people, are, <laughs> people are losing their fucking mind, actually. It's actually ridiculous. Ridiculous that Montreal has left their franchise player, their workhorse, the the face of the franchise, Carey Price. Carey Price went unprotected, and people are more upset that Brett fucking Kulak hasn't been protected. <laughs> like, uh, I love Brett Kulak, but let's let's kind of wheel it back here. Um, I was actually hoping that he would have been protected, but see, I. <clears throat> I have an issue with a lot of the people that say, oh, he should have been protected. How could they not? They're all analytic junkies, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not. I just couldn't read, a, couldn't read a graph if, if it saved my life. I can understand analytics, but I think you also have to understand the situation Montreal is in right now. Shea Weber will not play hockey again. And I think we need to take some time to discuss that and what it means and his career. But for right now, let's just acknowledge that the chances of Shea Weber ever playing hockey for Montreal or let alone the NHL ever again are very slim. That means you have to replace easy 26, 25, 24 minutes a night. And you got to replace that big hard hitting presence that man giant, that man mountain, that, you know, that style of defenseman. Yeah, you need Ben Sherratt because as good as Brett Kulak has been and whether it's of his own fault or coaches not utilizing him, we don't know if Brett Kulak can play 26 minutes a night. And I'm the first to say Ben Sherratt didn't have a great regular season, but he showed him the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He can play 26 minutes a night. And you know, that's what Montreal needs right now. Uh, when I think of like Brent Kulak, I think more of a finesse type of defenseman, um, not so much as like a heavy minute guy and not really someone who's like going to be laying the body. Yeah, I actually think Brett Kulak's a better defenseman than Ben Sherratt. I, <laughs> I think he provides more and he – does but more for the offense, but he's not. You can't bog that type of defenseman down. So I just I mean he hasn't proven that he can play 26 minutes a night, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he's capable of that. 
So, yeah, you want to give him a chance, and I'm sure he'll get that opportunity if Montreal holds on to him. But Ben Chirot's proven that he can do that. So I just very think true, very true. Like Ben Chirot. And with the emergence of Romanov, you're going to have two puck moving defensemen in Petrie and him. Like, you don't – I just think Chirot's the guy that you – you want playing with Romanov or you want, mm-hmm. you know, just that stabilizing presence. I know he does fuck things up. Sometimes he makes mistakes, but he's more proven than Kulak is. And that's my argument there. But um, I kind of want to take things back. And do you want to discuss, see, there's the only problem with having so much to talk about is I don't even know what to tackle first. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, okay. Well, well, how about we we'll, we've discussed that Weber um, will not be protected. He'll likely be placed on LTIR. Mm-hmm. Um, saw that some teams were claiming it's bullshit. Uh, look at the guy; like he's yeah. broken. This dude's banged up, and sadly, not, this could be it. He's not willingly putting himself out of commission. That's not Shea Weber. That's not who he is. He wouldn't do that. Um. So yeah, he won't be. He won't be on the books, probably not. So that's about $7.8 million off of Montreal's cap, which means that Montreal, with just Shea Weber out, will have roughly $23, $24 million to spend, uh, either re-signing guys like Philip Deneau, <clears throat> Joel Armia, et cetera, or even replacing Weber with a guy like Dougie Hamilton or Alec Martinez, which we'll get to. But the big story is Montreal has decided not to protect Carey Price. Now, it was really interesting because, Corey, you and I have actually talked about this. I think I brought up that it would be interesting to see Montreal let him go to Seattle Mm -hmm. because it would help us with cap. And, oh, my God, would it ever. We'll get, like I said, we'll get to that. (laughs) I crunched the numbers, and let me tell you. It looks nice, but um, yeah, so there was a big possibility. It was a lot of criticism, uh, people outside the fan base, inside the fan base. I don't think there was a, a kind of a, um, what's the, a consensus opinion. I think mm-hmm. everyone felt differently. And I just want to know how, how you feel before I share how I feel about it. Um, when I first heard it, I was a bit concerned Uh just because of the the level of play he still has. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I had mentioned, uh, we were, you know, our podcast was represented on uh, the Grit and Barrett podcast, uh, which will be out uh, when you guys hear this as well, if you want to listen to me uh, ramble on about the Montreal Canadiens even more. Um, but, yeah, I brought up the fact that, you know, we both kind of had an, under, an understanding that, you know, like Carey Price definitely deserves a, a place where he can win. And uh, so, like, that being said, I don't think that Seattle is the place to win uh, right off the bat. But um, the fact that I was willing to move Carey Price in that thought left it, you know, I I was already, you know, a a part of me was already, like, had thought of the terms of of losing Carey Price. And, yeah, it would suck, but that's a lot of money that returns back in our pocket. And then you see all the – all the goalies available right now that Seattle can't claim them all. There's, you know, there was definitely a, a, a possibility to, to pick something up that would be worth our while to, to do a really nice tandem with uh, Jake Allen. But uh, 
yeah, I was like I, half panicking, half like, well, I've already thought this out, you know? Like, So, yeah, I totally agree. And let, let's not forget, Jake Allen's on a bargain deal of $2.5 million, not even, 2.4, I believe. And he is a 1B. I don't know if I'd have him as my 1A anymore, but he's a 1B goalie in this league. He can do, he can put in a lot of games and he can play well. He's the reason we got to the playoffs and people might forget that. But he is a legitimate goalie. He's not, I don't think he's a 1A, but he's definitely a 1B. And maybe right. he can, you know, prove, but I still think he can be a starting goalie, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, and let's not forget, too, we have one of the best goaltending prospects in the world, Caden Primo. He's mm-hmm. going to need some room eventually. Yeah. So my initial reaction was I was a little bit concerned like you were, I think. Um because it's Carey Price, right? Like, that's the face of our franchise. We uh, we don't want to lose that and lose it for nothing. I think it would be an unceremonious way for Price to leave. But if Carey Price, now hear me out, because I crunched the numbers and I, I posted this on Twitter because I was doing some thinking. I was like, well, Weber's out, because I already did the math for that. How much would we have? Well... If Montreal loses Carey Price to the Seattle Kraken and Weber goes on LTIR, they will have roughly $32 million in cap space. Um, I don't, that's that's insane. That is like expansion organization salary cap (laughs) numbers. So, and like you mentioned, there's a quite a few quality UFA goalies. Yarrow Halak comes to mind as one of them. Yeah, just and waved. They, um, he will be a free agent regardless of what happens with Seattle. Uh, I just saw that on Twitter. Um, hmm. So he, he will be testing the market. Uh, he's no longer going to be with uh, Boston. Okay. Yeah, and uh, another goalie on that is uh, Chris Drager from Florida. He's also a UFA, been rumored before Price was – was uh, it was known that Price wasn't going to be protected. That They were saying that he would be a very strong pick for Seattle. They were looking at him, but he will be a UFA, so he may go to market. And on mm-hmm. D, Dougie Hamilton, Alec Martinez, David Savard. Those are some names you could realistically – I think you've got three different tiers of defensemen. You've got the top five guy, Dougie Hamilton, home run. Uh, <laughs> why would you not want this guy, right? Like he is, it's Dougie. I don't know. He's six foot six. He's another man mountain. He can put the puck in the back of the net. I think he's a top five defenseman in the league. Yeah, I love Alec them. I love them back I, in, in Boston. So I've, I've yeah, followed exactly. him since. And in Calgary and Carolina, he's picked up his, I think he's just been great wherever he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um. I, we saw how good Alec Martinez is in that Golden Knights series. He was awesome in LA. He's been awesome there. I think he's a – I don't know if he's a uh, stud the way Dougie is, but I think he's definitely a, a number two, number three defenseman. And David Savard is a veteran guy. I think he, I think there's three tiers there, but I think you could all realistically go after any of those guys and you'd be improving the team. And – not to mention, it gives you an opportunity to re-sign Deneau. Uh Tatar's probably gone, but maybe you throw some extra money at him. Armia, they, it just gives you so many avenues and so much to play with that 
like Mark, imagine Mark Bergman with $32 million in cap space. I just, that's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he can definitely get some, some work done with that. Um, there, there's other defensemen too, but those top, those three that we've brought up are, are definitely like could be pieces going on with, with what we're dealing with. Definitely something that could enhance this team. Uh, Savard would be in a major improvement. Imagine having, that bit of uh tactical advantage, you know, against uh Tampa Bay this year. Yeah, and I just think even if Montreal doesn't re-sign any of Dino Tataramia, you're giving yourself so much space to do so much. And this is we don't even know what's going on with Jonathan Drewen right now. So we could be off the books for that too. Who knows? I just you the cap is the killer in the NHL. It decides what you can do. It decides how much teams are going to absolutely kill you for a trade because they know that you are up against the cap, right? Like teams take advantage of that. And if Montreal loses price, we've lost carry price. Yeah. But we also gain 10 and a half million dollars in cap space. And like I said, like the options are endless. And if we do, retain price we've retained our we've retained our two goalies <laughs> we have i think <laughs> arguably one of the best hands in the league then you still you still don't have the shea weber money on the books and you can make stuff happen there so this was a savvy move from mark bergman and it took some fucking balls but i genuinely believe this is as close to a win-win for montreal as you can possibly get no, I, I like how you said that. Um, is there anybody on this uh, availability list that you're a, a bit worried about, like, leaving? Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I think can, – I can ramble them off for you. At least I can ramble off the guys that are in the league well, can, right now for us. I can imagine – I can kind of picture it. So I know Drew ends there, Armia – or not not Armia. Armia got protected, which mm-hmm. is why we think he's going to get signed. Sorry, Byron, yeah. Weber, Price. I think – Kulak, I think if they're not going price, they're going Kulak. Maybe they take a shot with Drewin. I'm not sure, though. Um, I think Kulak is the guy that you really kind of – it just sticks out to me. Right. Um, but I still think price is the big fish. And the reason I'm not totally sold on price is because news coming out uh, right before we start recording um, – Interesting shit um, with uh, Corey. I sent it to you previously, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I also uh, retweeted it earlier. Yeah, uh, with Price, allegedly, it's been indicated that it was actually Price's idea to waive his no-move clause, stating that he did not want to see the crack and select Allen. Uh, because for those of you who have not heard yet, Price is going to New York City to get his hip um, evaluated he may be going in for knee knee was it knee surgery or hip surgery hip. and then examining the other mm-hmm. yeah so he could be out for an extended period of time so basically prices allegedly prices thinking was that he didn't want the kraken to take allen and then him be out for the year and montreal is you know doesn't have their goaltenders so basically he said look burge just do this and Bergevin looked for a trade couldn't find one for Allen so 
decided to take a chance and price well price volunteered so well i mean yeah to make it what, what makes it even crazier is that um last week you had to have in your no you know um the no move clause stuff in by tuesday but that was if a t- if the team had asked you to do it right and you accepted mm-hmm. So what ended up happening was is that they had till Friday before um, it was completely over with. So Carey Price had to come in and sign paperwork and say that he personally wants to waive his no move clause because people were saying this is what he's doing is illegal because Tuesday was the deadline for it. Actually, it was if the team had asked, you had to have that information in by Tuesday. The fact that he decided to do it on his own is why this is even happening. So this fucking Exodia 97 Yu-Gi-Oh fucking, you know, Trump card gets pulled because <laughs> Carrie Price is like, you know, we don't know, we don't know the longevity of my injury, you know, um, well, you know, how long it's going to take for me to get back from my surgery and stuff like that. Uh, losing Allen is going to be is is detrimental to what we have going on right now. We're going to throw this card out there. I'm going to remove my no my no trade, and then that's what you know. It, it just makes sense now. You know, it's almost a bit of relief, but there's still there's still a chance. You know, there's still a chance that they they decide they want a, a 10.5 million dollar guy. Uh, I don't see going why on they... hip surgery. <laughs> If they, if but it's such confident. a smart move. Like it, it's, this is like, this is the level of what happens when there was an expansion, you know, relatively close to the year of a brand new expansion. Like, you wouldn't think of this type of shit if like, if Vegas was like brought in like ten years ago, and then now, you know, to now. Like that would have been, I wouldn't this say forgotten, most, but it wouldn't be. This as... is the most Bergevin circus animal <laughs> bullshit the league has seen in a while. And it got so, so bad with the rumors about price. The league had to issue messages to both teams saying if Seattle traded price and retained half his salary back to Montreal, they'd consider it cap circumvention, <laughs> which by the way, Yes, that is cap circumvention. But when the fuck did you start caring about that, Gary Bettman? Yeah. Second Montreal's involved, they say something. When a few days ago, the Islanders traded Andrew Ladd and a couple picks to Arizona for nothing. There was no future. Con- it was nothing. But okay, okay, yeah, we can't do it. But I actually think it's interesting. Um, it's a genius play from Price and Bergevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Seattle, I think it's high likelihood they still take a chance because, you know, even if he's hurt, you sell a lot of jerseys. You'll sell a lot of Carey Price jerseys, right? And I do think it would be an unceremonious way for Price to leave, but I almost think it would still be better if um, if we lost Price to this expansion draft uh, because the possibilities of having now that being said it's not a certainty because you get that cap space you you a lot of gms have had a lot of cap space in the past and they've signed contracts that paid milan lucic seven mil a year um gross fucking uh what i'm trying to think of a few david clarkson with toronto right there there's been a lot this league is kind of identified by bad contracts Mm mm-hmm 
Jeff Skinner in Buffalo is one of them. They're begging Seattle to take him, and I'm sure he is too. But you, so you have to use that cap space accordingly. You have to use it well, and you have to use it smart. But I do think if Mark Bergevin can do that, losing Carey Price could be very, very, very beneficial yeah. to this team. But I will say one thing regarding the price before I hand it over to you, because I'm sure you have something to say, is that even if he doesn't get selected, if he does get this injury, uh, this surgery, he could be out for a calendar year. That's LTIR worthy, and Montreal could still go into next season with Carey Price primed and ready, Nikita Kucherov style for the playoffs <laughs> with $32 million to spend. Now, wouldn't that be a fucking story if Weber and Price pulled the Kucherov? I love it's being referred to as the Kucherov now. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's crazy. You know, like I never want to see Carey Price in this type of situation, but. I mean, At the same time, it's like, yeah, he volunteered. And either way, it's for the betterment of this team. Like, either way, like, if he gets – if he moves on, dude, thank you so much for your time. You're so much closer – both sides, uh, his wife and himself, are so much closer to where he's from. Um, it's a new chapter in their lives. Uh, and then we retain a shitload of money, right? But – um if he stays, we haven't retained it. We've gained. We gained it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he stays, he still has to get the surgery. He's gonna be on long term. So I mean, well, if yeah, if if it's required, yeah, it's gonna be required. I mean, there's no way in hell you're gonna have a, a high intense sixty plus game goalie go get He's hip not- surgery and then come back and fucking play. It's It'll, it'll be int- – I, I mean, I don't know if he'll get the surgery. It hasn't been confirmed. No. Well, I, I, think, I think he is. I, if it's – I mean, fuck. Did you- it could be smoke screens, though. You never know. Mm-hmm. Bergevin's a wily fucking bastard. He has made this expansion draft his bitch. Somehow, he's made – he's turned this to the benefit of the Montreal Canadiens. Either way. So, so from, he's also from the knowledge on Twitter right now. Yeah, because he's a fucking boss. For, with the knowledge we have at hand, right – it looks like either way anything happens, the only thing that we lose is like our opinion of like the situation. But like we're definitely gaining on either side. If he stays, we you know we're gaining something. If he leaves, we're gaining something. We're still getting a. He's gonna have that fucking surgery. I'm just mark my words. He's there's no way in hell you're gonna play with a fucked up hip. So you might as well get it taken care of before it gets worse. Um. Well, hips, hips are the Achilles of goalies. Yeah, so why That's would... A, what I'm saying is, <clears throat> Carey Price is 33 years old. Uh, fuck, I don't... Well, Corey, you're, you yourself are experiencing an injury right now. Yes. At the age of 28? 29. 29. And you're discovering how much harder it is to, <laughs> to heal at that age. Could you imagine being a high performance elite athlete and getting a hip replacement or a hip surgery mm-hmm. the age of 33 missing an entire year and then playing hot like i think i i am confident carry price will play in the, in the nhl again i don't even know if he'll get this surgery but if he does like it's not a guarantee he comes back right if career like if he if it genuinely is that bad 
that's a career killer. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I have a little bit of hip problems just from skateboarding. Um, and when that bad boy fucking pops or like moves a certain way, dude, it fucking sucks. So yeah, he's yeah. He's I can't good. imagine what it is on the level of someone who does fucking splits. You know, <laughs> every day. Yeah, and I've also just because I think it's funny. Because uh, Price will be going in to see the doctor on, on a Friday. Someone's put, Doctor, we can see Carrie on Tuesday. Bergevin, Friday it is. Doctor, <laughs> actually, no. Like I said, we have a slot open to, to Friday. <laughs> Mike Bergevin. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I think that sums <laughs> up the bullshit he's done. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, we've, I think we've, unless you have anything else to add, I think we've covered that aspect of the draft a lot yeah no uh that's fine uh actually this is a really good segue uh to bring on our guests so uh why don't why don't we do that now before we think of anything else ignorant to say so uh folks i hope you really enjoy it uh beth uh and david and veronica do an amazing job at happy hour i'm sure if you guys listen to us there's a hundred percent chance you probably listen to them. They have like 10,000 fucking followers on, on Twitter. Uh, one of the top Habs podcasts in the fucking country or well, all of countries. So uh, without further ado, this is, uh, this is our content. What'd you say? All the countries, all the countries. All right, folks, we have a guest on today. Uh, I'd like to introduce you guys to Beth. One of the three main components of Hab. Uh, the happy hour and uh, it's one of my favorite podcasts that's have related and it's it's been a while uh, since I asked but uh, she and her mother got to go to game two in Tampa and I was really excited to talk about that and we could finally get uh, an inside scoop of that so Beth how are you I'm great how are you thanks for having me on I'm doing great. It's a little rainy in New Orleans. Well, New Orleans area. So it's it's kind of <laughs> gross right now. I'm getting a bit sick from like sinus problems. But uh, other than that, it's okay. That's good. That's good. It's cool to be like, to know that like we're, we're somebody's, among somebody's favorites. Like, I don't know, like <laughs> we started it like just literally like we're all on our iPhones kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years, like we've grown a little bit and upgraded a little bit and um met met all these really cool people from all over the world because we like hockey and so it's just been really neat yeah um i was like i remember when i first found you i was like geez they have like 10k followers and <laughs> they're like the most legit podcast i've found and, <laughs> and y'all are like three of the most humble people i've ever met Aww, so like i was like okay it's not like just like radio people it's actual like fans and that's what i liked about it is that y'all were just like giving a true fans perspective exactly uh, like we felt like we weren't we weren't like what what was already out there um mm -hmm. it's also cool to meet another hats fan from the south uh in the united states (laughs) yeah uh i'm definitely uh part of a different breed i guess but uh (laughs) i love i love the canadian since i was a kid and uh now I get to talk about them. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so Beth, like, uh, I guess, like, don't tell us your address, but like, are you from like Canada or is this nope. just like a no? I am from Virginia. Um, okay. 
I grew up here. I've lived here since I was uh, four. Um, I'm not afraid to say I'm 29 now. So I've Word, lived here most too. of my life. Yay. Um, <laughs> but when I became a husband, I was actually living in South Carolina. I worked at a sports bar in college and it was a slow night during like January. And we worked next to where an ECHL team played. So we got all the hockey games and stuff. That's awesome. And um, the Habs were playing and I watched a game and I was like, this is really cool. And so I started researching the Habs and learning who the players were and learning about hockey and the rest is history. I love that. Uh, Pretty similar. So like uh, deep south, we don't really have hockey. Um, so like, if you don't have a team anywhere near you, like the coverage isn't big. So when ESPN lost their coverage, we kind of lost everything in Louisiana. And I remember just like you, uh, in college, uh, working at a bar in the French quarter and we had like seven TVs and I was like, you know what? Like we have the hockey package. I'm going to like put like three of those TVs on hockey. And then like, I just really re-fell in love with the game and I was like wow I can I can actually watch this at work it's it's incredible yeah (laughs) yeah it's great um like the the year before I moved down there actually was um the year that Braden Holtby played in the ACHL so I missed like by a year being able to like see him before he got oh yeah big with the Capitals and stuff and um one of their other goalies now like I was able to watch him in the ECHL um I think it was the year he was drafted. First drafted was when I first was able to see him uh, down in the ECHL, and then he was called up to Hershey pretty fast. Um, but that was neat. I didn't get really to see any Habs prospects, but it was still pretty cool. Oh yeah, um, this is wild. Another thing, like uh, <laughs> Lafayette's like two hours away, and that was like where I was trying to go to the the. That was the college I wanted to go to. I had a lot mm-hmm. of friends there. And while we were in college, Scott Darling was with the Louisiana oh, Ice Skaters. So, <laughs> like, I'd give anything to, like, not be a dumb college kid that was like, I can't afford a jersey. I'd love to have that. Now yeah. that they're defunct, you can't find anything wow. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's yeah, like, so I, cool. um, it was awesome because I'm, like, watching them at the bar in, like, 2015. And I'm like, I know that guy. Like, like he played Louisiana. This is this is the biggest thing in the world to me. Like, that's awesome. But um, but yeah. So you know, obviously the Canadians go on an incredible run. Uh, it'll be memorable for all Canadians fans. It it's like the Star Wars New Hope to us. Yes. Um, <laughs> but but to make it better is like I love that you and your mom would just like fuck it. We're gonna go to Florida. <laughs> yeah. And I was like that's tight as fuck. Like (laughs) who randomly does that? And and on top of that makes it a trip with their parents. Like I was like, (laughs) I need like coverage of this. Um, so like my mom got into hockey because of me, like she, I talked about it all the time and she was like, my family is not into sports. Like my brothers played like rugby and football and ran track and wrestled and whatever, but it was, it was all of the regular outdoor Mm -hmm. Southern sports kind of thing. Um, and I just talked about hockey all the time. So she started like researching it and reading about it because I talked about it and she wanted to know what I was saying. And she fell in love with the team too. And so actually um, in 2018, I believe 2018, 2019, um, I took her to Montreal for her first Habs game, her first NHL game. Um, she'd never been out of the country, never been to an NHL game before. Um, and uh it was Habs Leafs Saturday night. They ended up losing, but it was still a really fun time. Um, and then um, 
this just this last year has just been really um i mean it's been really horrible for everybody mm-hmm. i don't want to mistake that but um my family has suffered a lot of loss and um my mom was able to um take her and i both to vegas and to um florida for uh, playoffs games because it's the first it's the first time we've had the chance um, in our fandom to go to these games. It's with the first time in 28 years that the Habs have been to the finals. And my mom was like, this could be once in a lifetime. Like we have been really sad. Like this can make us really happy. We get to see our team for the first time in a year. Let's go, let's go. And so we went and, um, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's so badass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I love that. And and I didn't even know y'all went to Vegas. I, that mm-hmm. completely, so like, it was yeah. just straight up mom, mom, daughter trip. <laughs> mom was like, um, like literally like we got back from Vegas because we went, we went to game two um, of the semis as well. And then um, the Habs one in six and my mom texted me at like 11 PM and was like, when are you off work next week? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so yeah. awesome. Mom's just straight balling. Like she is, she's like, going, it doesn't it's, matter what like, you're she, doing. She loves the team like they're her own kids. I think like, I think Shea Weber and Carrie Price are both too old to be her kids, but she doesn't care. She's like, those are my babies. I love them. I love it. Um, she <laughs> has, she's got like these vendettas against like her. Code Kaniemi is her all time favorite, and she has vendettas on several NHLers who have hurt him. Um, <laughs> she like, she knows that on site, like she's like, oh yeah. And so-and-so on the Panthers, like I'm, if I ever see him in real life, like he's going to get it and all this other stuff. Um, <laughs> she just, she's, she's gotten all into it. And it's been really fun to like be able to share that with her. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, my dad really doesn't watch anymore, but like mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. My dad kind of gave me like an outlet and then like now growing up I would like push it to him so like he played the game like oh, wow. uh like 94 I think it was, I think it was like uh, Wayne Gretzky's 94 or whatever on like mm-hmm. Sega Genesis <laughs> and I was like my first exposure to it and then just growing up uh, I was like dad I love this sport and he's like well we don't have it here he's like so you can play like baseball or football you know like just straight southern <laughs> and I'm like I don't want to play this shit I want to play hockey you know and it's just not here yeah. but uh he he's kept up with it kind of the similar way he's he's not like writing down like january 6th like cocking him it takes a slash like burning this dude's name down but uh you know he he's kept up with it too like he'll just text me and he'll be like that was incredible and i'm like what part like just randomly like in the middle of the night i'm like the the, the entire game was great like which part but uh i love that you know um yeah but yeah so i remember when i asked you uh, to come on I was like I don't care you can bring your mom on that's cool too and you were like and I was like shit I will try to tone down my swearing because like I don't want to embarrass myself and I don't want to make her uncomfortable and you're like no she's she's yeah. fine <laughs> she would not mind at all she'd probably uh be on here swearing. I think she's actually still at work yeah but um she <laughs> believe it or not she's a librarian <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> but um but yeah, she she does not shy away from uh, from following what you're swearing. So don't it's okay. Like she's, it's all in good fun with her. Every librarian I've ever met has been like wild as shit. So, like, <laughs> oh yeah. I, oh yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> they but, um, go they go out together. It's it's nuts. <laughs> she has to call me. Can you come pick me up? <laughs> right. <laughs> so library. If you get invited to a librarian party, go. Well, she would love it down here. Uh, 
I don't know how it's looking after COVID because, you know, obviously, but all the bars down here closed. But there was a bar that just had opened up and it was called the library. And oh. uh, the second floor was literally like an, a, a huge, like master study with like thousands of books and then just like 40, 40 beers on tap, that like in the middle amazing. of it. Um, so it was like the intellectuals bar and I used to clean it. Like I used to <laughs> clean the draft lines and I'm like, this place is yeah. pretty tight. These are like real that books and shit. Cool. Like, but, um, but yeah, because, uh, uh, when I asked about that, it had made me think about it. And I remember you said to bring it up, but uh, I am like scarred, uh, because of meeting my in-laws and I told you I'd tell that story. <laughs> so, um, it was before me and my wife got married and her parents, excuse me, were coming home. Uh, when they were coming to visit us where we were living and she was like okay so her parents were like super religious and like mm -hmm. there's nothing knocking that but I'm not and like I just grew up as, as a skateboarder and went to a lot of hardcore shows <laughs> and I whatever you are cool I have no problem with it but I just have like the worst uh language problem so <laughs> so we're like having dinner in our shitty little like um small apartment and I remember I like went to the freezer for something for them and as soon as I opened it something fell and I was like I was like god damn it and oh, she no. just, she was like Corey and like <laughs> I just like straight up panicked and I was like I was like fuck and and, and she was like Corey and I'm like oh <laughs> Jesus Christ and then like I stood there just full-on panic mode this dude's like my size and my fans know, you know, the people that listen know how big I am. He's like my size, full on country. And he takes <laughs> his religion super serious. And I was like, all right, that's it. You know, like we're not dating anymore. Or we're not, we're not engaged anymore. And like in this panic, her mom just starts giggling. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God. She like, Jacqueline was like, that's my wife. She was like, uh, can you help me with something in the other room? And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, I didn't mean it. It wasn't <laughs> supposed to come out like that. I panicked. I like whatever fell like, I think it was like a thing of peas or something like fell out the freezer, you know? And I was like, I was like, it just happened. The words I use don't work with them and I'm sorry, but at least your mom <laughs> set the tone to make, to make a recovery. There you and go. Her dad was just like, it's your house. I'm not gonna be mad at you for, for the <laughs> language you use. He was like, I just appreciate it if you don't use it at my house. And uh that's how well, it that's ended. Good. And sadly, I have used language like that in this house. <laughs> oh no, no. I just can't, I can't help it. <laughs> and I feel so bad. Yeah, exactly. Cause like it's it's hard to like censor myself yeah. uh when I go places, but they live in the deep south. Uh and they love them some Jesus. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love them for it. They're great people. But I just remember I was like, uh, I promised I would not do this. And I hit <laughs> like happened. all three of the things I wasn't supposed to do in like 15 seconds. And I just stood and let the cold air from the freezer hit my face as I was just like, <laughs> uh, I, I just ruined this. Like, <laughs> But uh I hope you like that story. That uh, was awesome. They're going to hear I, it and they're going to laugh and they're going to be like, this kid is such a nuisance, but he's a sweetheart. <laughs> like that, that Corey. 
Yeah. <laughs> Butter um, my butt and call me a biscuit. That yeah. Corey. Oh man. They they sound like that too. And I just I just like turned around and I saw like my wife shocked pissed shock and i'm like all right i'm sleeping out front tonight i'm looking at her dad who's just like jesus you know like like i can't believe you said that and then her mom's just like a bit tipsy and just that was the kicker she just giggled and i was like all right this is my one free get out of jail card there you go and it makes for a good story so now like later on down the road like you can just you Oh, they love telling tell everybody. Story. Yeah, they love. We'll go to like Christmas up there, and it's like the next thing that I'm afraid of, Beth. If I'm being honest, is them asking me to do grace for Thanksgiving <laughs> or Christmas because I don't know anything. No, I don't listen. know how to properly do that. <laughs> you're like, dear Lord, thank you, all, thank you for bringing us all here together to celebrate uh, your bountiful blessings. Good bread, good meat, good God. Let's eat. Amen. You're done. Mm, love it. There you uh, go. Because, <laughs> like, I was just going to be like, I don't know. I forgot, I forgot his name, but it's, like, a TikTok guy. And he was just like, who wants to say grace? And they, like, pointed at him. And he's just like, grace. Like, <laughs> like doesn't yes. know what that means. Yes. And I'm just yes. like, I'm so afraid to do yeah. this in front of, like, this yeah. entire family. Um, <laughs> we segued pretty hard. But uh, yeah. of, oh, your, okay. of your trips, though, what was your favorite part? I'm sure it was, like, connecting more with Ooh. your mom and stuff like that. But, like, as far as the game, like, um, how is it? First off, I've never been to yeah. a, a game. So, like, I don't know the intensity of it. So, like, I'm, oh I'm sure God. there's, like, moments in it that you're like, wow, this was, like, an insane. It's it's nuts. Um, so we were lucky and we both, both games, we managed to sit near, um, other Habs fans, awesome. um, at the away games. Um, and so we were able to like get loud with other people and, um, for goals and everything. Um, I love, like, I love warmups. I love seeing them like mm -hmm. just being, having fun on the ice. Like there was, uh, in, in Tampa, there was one point where it was like, um, Coach Kniemi and Byron and I think Josh Anderson, um, who was there, but I don't think played. Um, mm -hmm. They were just kind of goofing around, um, taking turns, what, uh, sending one-timers to carry. Um, but I mean, I also like the anthems, like seeing them, like, because they all do different things during the anthems. You don't always get mm -hmm. to see that on TV, even though they pan over everybody. But like some people are singing along and um, some of them are kind of like you can see them like talking to themselves about something or shuffling or doing different like warm up um, or superstitious moves kind of thing. Um, so that's fine because I feel like I get to know the team a little bit better. Right. Um, but I mean, and then I guess honestly, like my favorite, favorite part is just um, either whenever Carrie makes a really great save or a goal. Um, I got to see Nick Suzuki um, score a goal and that was really cool. And it was at first, like everybody, even like the other team didn't realize he'd scored. Like everybody was like, wait, did, did that, did that go in? Mm -hmm. Like they're all like looking around and pausing. Um, it was just, it just was so smooth. Like he just like, it's like he walked up to the puck and just put it in the net um so that was that was really neat um yeah goal i think goals would be like my number one of course but uh but then i guess like the anthems would be second right i love that um i like that um how you said that because it's like it makes it like to you it's like a bit more personal and you feel like you get mm -hmm. to know them just just a bit um yeah. yeah we were gonna do we were gonna do uh a live game and then COVID hit so it's mm -hmm. been like two years since 
but uh, still trying, you know, uh, I just will be 30 by the time I see a game, (laughs) but um, I'm excited for it. So um, going to Vegas now, this is like Mm -hmm. a off the topic one, right? Um, How was it seeing Patch already and like how people were reacting to him? Like, was it where you were like a previous Patch already fan or was it just like, it is what it is because Nick Suzuki's like amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was a Patch Rider fan when he was on the Habs. Um, I, I don't know if I for sure buy into him specifically asking for a trade kind of thing, but I feel like that he, he wanted something different. He wanted some sort of change, whether it was he didn't want to be captain anymore or mm-hmm. he and wanted to stay, which I could totally see with him, or if it was a trade, or if it was something else that I'm not thinking of. Um, I wasn't sad when he was traded. I was surprised. Um, the What we got back, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And um, I just was like, okay, we'll, we'll see how this goes. And like, immediately, like, I was like, okay, Max Patrick is gone. Chewbacca is going to be the new captain. Like, Mm-hmm. There was no doubt. Uh, everybody was like saying, oh, it's going to be Gallagher. I'm like, I love and appreciate Gallagher. I think he's a great leader. <laughs> I don't think, I do not think he's a captain person just because of his personality and his relationship with the officials. It's not the right one. Yeah, he's um, more of like a locker room captain. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so like seeing seeing Max Pax ready, like honestly, like, yeah, he was on the ice when I was there, but I forgot about him. Um right. I mean, he did a couple things, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's patches, whatever, blah blah. blah. Like, and I'm happy for him. I'm glad that he's happy. I'm glad he's doing well, but I don't, I don't care. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm like the same Suzuki. way. <laughs> yeah, got Suzuki. Thomas Atar did amazing things. Um, it's fine. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of the same. Like when he got traded, I was like, you know what? Like, maybe the captaincy was a bit too much. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe just a, a, a bit of change was good. And like when he actually started like refinding the patch ready that we grew up seeing, I was like, just not spiteful, just happy, you know, like yeah. that he was able to get a fresh start and maybe like whatever was like bogging him down was, wasn't there anymore. And he, he could, you know, recollect that with a new team. Yeah. Um, and I think like he was, he was really, um, he was really good. Like as a, as a kid, like he was like mm-hmm. on varsity hockey in his freshman year of high school and all this other stuff. And I think that he, at f- having that spotlight on him was good at first, but then when it got to like be the NHL and it was so much and it was just on him and he mm-hmm. wasn't living up consistently, I guess, to the expectations that it was too much. And that now that he's in Vegas and it's not just him in the spotlight, it's so many other people and they all have all these expectations and they're all different that he is able to live up to whatever they want from him right that's nicely put i like that um yeah more or less i was like when he got traded i was like you know what i mean fuck we're already losing every every member i've grown to love so like let's why not yeah. but um so i guess uh with this amazing run we had was there like a, a favorable moment that was just like because i feel like as halves fans we're all going to remember this run but is there like a moment during it that's like it's kind of like cemented in your brain now. Um. Oh dear. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, if you need to think, I'll, I think... I'll could say mine. Oh, yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh. I think. Uh, 
the Paul Byron goal versus um, Toronto is like, because I was so tough on Paul Byron and I was like, towards the end, I'm like, you know what? He really hasn't had that bad of a year. And then like, we're me and Mason are like talking about the end of the season already, you know, like what are we doing in the off season? And Paul Byron just, you know, goes ahead and scores. And I wouldn't say this is the momentum swing, but it was definitely like, the start of like the depth players, like finding a way and getting it done and, and making this magical run what it is. Yes. I, um, I think that I'm probably one of Paul Byron's biggest fans outside of his family. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have tried to meet him several times in several cities and two countries. Um, two countries. Has not, hasn't happened. <laughs> I've, and both coasts of both countries, it has not happened, but uh, hopefully one day. Um, I love Paul Byron so very much, and um, I'm really glad to see that like people are recognizing like oh just because he's not a first liner or a second line he's not necessarily a, a constant top six player like he's still really good and he brings a lot of good stuff uh, to the team. Yeah, especially after after this run, I've, I've definitely joined like the the fanboy Paul Byron club like I am now like do or die and to like to hear his like postseason press conference where he's just like I just love Montreal mm -hmm. I'm one of the few players that stay here year round and I'm like stop breaking my heart like yeah. you're the one guy I don't want to lose in the expansion man he's adorable like he's and it's so funny because you look at him and he's like this just cute little dude or whatever but he's like super into <laughs> like heavy metal and Star Wars and perfect um, I don't know if he still does, but for a couple seasons, he uh, was an assistant coach for his son's um, hockey team, um, and his son played with one of Shea Weber's kids as well. That is awesome. Um, yeah, he loves Montreal. He's just he. I I mean, I've never seen him unfortunately, but like he's apparently like always like, out and about, and he lives in the same neighborhood as Shea Weber, and I think the Price is in the Petries as well. Not necessarily like, all on the same street, but right. close by. Within the cul-de-sac, like yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when he said that, I was just like, man, like of all the controversy he's... that's going on, he's been like wavered multiple times. And it's like, if there's one player that has been treated, I guess, badly this season <laughs> that deserves like a full slate cleaned, it's mm -hmm. Paul Byron. Absolutely. And now I'm like, if we lose Paul Byron, I don't know how I can collectively recover from that. Like, <laughs> I'd be really sad. Yeah. But I mean, I would get, I would eventually get over it maybe, but I'd still be sad because like, I would, I would want him to be as loved and appreciated as I feel he should be mm -hmm. here. So I would want the, whoever has him next, if there is a next for that to, to treat him sweet. Like, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. he's, he's cute and he's little, but he will serve you so well. <laughs> I like him because he's like, he's like the perfect player you want on your team. Like he's, he lives for his, his team and like now that I see that, I'm like, fuck, dude. Like he needs to stick around. Like, yeah, he's like a a big heart in this team. That's the reason why they call him Lord Byron. You know, like he's exactly. got a nickname. You know, exactly. it's not just a a person stopping by. He's supposed to be a part of this for a while. Yeah. But um, exactly. uh, before we wrap up, uh, first off, thank you so much for joining. Yeah. Uh, it, this has been fun. Um, but is there anybody in free agency, maybe like another team you secretly like? or a player you you like that would you feel would benefit the Montreal Canadiens or, or anything like that or just something to shake it up um i mean i don't i don't 
I, there's a player. I don't think that he is affordable. Um, <laughs> so it's likely not happening. This doesn't, um, this doesn't have to make sense. So. But um, <laughs> it'd be cool to have uh, Gabe Landis Cog on the hat. Yes. Um, we need a we need another hot blonde. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't just have uh, Lekin and our and our Mia. We need a, you need another one to round it out. That is hilarious. Um, but it would I mean like just it would just be bonkers if if he were somehow a hab and they could continue to just be this powerful force. Um, oh yeah. That they've been throughout the postseason. Yeah, I, I I'm actually like uh, if I had like a U.S. team. Uh, Colorado is like one of my favorite teams to watch. Oh, yeah, they're that so fun. The Canadians. Yeah, they're, they're, they're so fun. They're great to watch. But uh, I would love Gabriel Landeskog <laughs> to come on too. You're not going to lie. Maybe not for the same reasons, but he's he's awesome. And, no, he's, uh, he's so good. He, and then when he like fought like the in the playoffs, I was like, <laughs> okay, I've never seen this version of him. This he's, dude's like an all-around player now. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> um, I I don't think he's a free agent. Is, is Kadri a free agent? No, he got re-signed. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I like if Kadri weren't a jerk, <laughs> I would. Oh I like God. his hockey plays. He also has a really cute cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen the I, cat. <laughs> I follow her on Instagram, Jazzy. She's adorable. Um, I like hockey players with cats. I I love them. Um, any cat, any team. Like I like Sergachev has a really cute cat. I don't care about Sergachev. I care about Niagara though. Right, it's a cute cat. cat. But um, I don't know. Like hockey players with cats. And then Nazem Kadri's hockey play, not his other unsavory business mm-hmm. on and off the ice. But, but yeah, Landis Cog would be good. Um, I mean, it'd be cool if Ovi was a hab too, but. Yeah, you ain't lying. <laughs> that's, I don't think that's happening here. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, but Beth, thank you so much for yes, coming absolutely. on. Um, I, normally, I normally give the last couple minutes of this to whoever my guest is to promote your amazingly <laughs> successful podcast or like future things coming up for you but uh you have the four to to kind of wrap yourself up yeah. okay so we're the happy hour um we're at happy hour on twitter um happyhour.com we made a website we've got a few articles um one written by our host veronica and then another one written by a huge hockey fan um Ahian. um she's a huge uh coach Kanyami fan as well um we're at happy hour pod on instagram um, we are working on some things. Oh, and happy hour on YouTube as well. Um, we're working on some new stuff, um, possibly wearable things coming up Ooh. soon. Um, we been, we were kind of working on it for a while. Um, it's, it's a good time. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we are on any platform that you want to listen on. Um, Pretty much except for like vinyl records they don't really do po- doesn't really work well for podcasts <laughs> but but yeah spotify anchor um i think iHeartRadio, apple all those all those fun places uh you can find us and um we will be there to swear in your ears <laughs> about awesome. hockey awesome i love it um please be please be like the trend-setting groundbreakers that bring podcasts to vinyl <laughs> to vinyl records like i could see dave being like i can make this happen you know like. <laughs> exactly like, i'll get i'll get a press it's fine i have one. Oh man <laughs> just like it's like it starts off as like the greatest of season three or whatever yeah. you guys are on it's like 
six hours on on a final <laughs> back and front it's signed by everyone yeah, that would be really cool i think like if we had to do one it would be just like the first episode of every guest that we've had on mm-hmm. um and then just like have them sign it and it would be like a cool giveaway if we could make that happen that would be like there'd be so, like a huge box set. yeah you know why so <laughs> but you gotta flip the record it's only been like oh, half yeah. an hour like, of the yeah. show. it's like the titanic D- uh vhs oh it's yeah like a two three part brick you know does not fit in a box nope <laughs> Oh man, this has been an absolute uh, treat. But thank, thank you, you so I've much, so Beth, much for fun. coming Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And um. Uh, we could. We'll probably do this again in the future. See I if we would get everybody to. else on. But, this has uh, been awesome. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed that, and we really appreciate Beth coming on, and um, all of Happy Hour. Uh, truthfully, any any Hab is probably welcome here uh at least for me i don't know what mason thinks but uh mason uh mason what did you say before before this oh um i was making fun of Corey because he went <laughs> in all of the country there uh, uh all of the countries here and i was just saying i said uh do you fucking americans even know there's a globe he was trying to say globally Oh man, and, uh, uh, this far south, pro- you, you're asking a whole lot. Well, I was actually, it's funny, like you mentioned it, um, talking about Canadian Americanisms. Uh, I just think it's so funny the stark contrast in the opinions of Canadians on Americans and then the Americans' opinions of Canadians. And if you ever ask an American about Canada, you know, it might seem, well, it'll start with this. They'll be a little, a little misinformed. Usually uh, we don't live in igloos as most of our listeners probably aren't <laughs> listening to us in igloos and uh, we don't ride moose or polar bear to school, but mm. so they might say some stupid shit like that. But most of the time they're like, Oh, they're, they're such nice people up there. They got their, <laughs> their hockey and their, their maple syrup and uh, their hack. Yeah, Justin Trudeau, he he's he's a good guy. Um, You're tripping. They wouldn't know who Justin Trudeau is. They might they might know who he is. Pretty, no, 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 beautiful. no, no, no. Because I didn't even know who y'all. I I called him a fucking. I was like, do they have a president? This is a couple years back. There you so go. I know for facts that that most of the South does not know of a Justin Trudeau. Well, there you go. It's even worse. And if you ask. So, you know, general compliments. You ask a Canadian what they think about an American. Yeah, they're fucking retards. Oh, they're fucking... <laughs> like, we'll, we'll be nice to you guys in person because we know you're armed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, behind closed doors, it's a different story. It's a fucking open season on americans up here we fucking tear into you but if i was an american and i was canadian and i saw an american i would put a mask on like do you know the most insulting thing the biggest insult you can ever give to a canadian just telling them there that you thought they were american if you go to another country and they think you're american who and you, but you, the funny thing is you can see it's, it's great. 
if uh, some, I, I don't want to say foreign because you might be in their country, but someone of not North American descent mm-hmm. and they ask you if you're Canadian or American, you go, no, I'm Canadian. Their mood changes so quick. They're so much nicer to you. <laughs> Oh, and I've fuck. even heard, I've even heard um, some Americans like New York State, Massachusetts, Maine, the northern ones, when they Massachusetts. travel, they'll they'll actually have Canadian st- like stuff on their on their cases and stuff because people treat them nicer when they that's find out they're Canadian. Maybe that's why people are so nice to me down here, especially when I worked in the bar, because they thought I was a, a transplant stuck in New Orleans. <laughs> a transplant oh i wonder uh, do you guys have any uh snowbirds down in louisiana i doubt it what is a snowbird you know what a snowbird is no what's Uh, that a white bird no they're a dove they're people no uh maybe maybe well okay Describe, um, describe said person okay well there's two snowbirds in Canada. well there's three there's snowbirds the bird there are our Air Force, uh, the snowbirds. They do like a. It's actually really fucking cool. They like, they like fly in formation on like Canada Day and shit. Yeah. And oh. Like, oh. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They're they're but, like our blue angels. Yeah, but most of the time when a Canadian's talking about a snowbird, it's like someone who's usually retired. They're in their late fifties, early sixties, seventies, and basically, they. They're Canadians and they live in Florida from like <laughs> yeah we November. got a shitload of them yeah November to February when it's fucking cold in Canada sometimes March and then they come back for summer I love that they just chase the sun the snowbirds dude they, they're they're basically part time Americans with this economy I don't think a generation after theirs will ever be snowbirds again <laughs> they're about to be extinct. Oh, you don't, you don't know real estate prices until you've been oh, in no. Southern Ontario, BC. Dude, I was actually looking at stuff in uh, Vancouver and Vancouver Island. Shit. Good luck. Not a shot, boy. Good get, luck. You get a timeshare maybe with like 30 people. I saw it was like a Tumblr Reddit post. It was like a, like a one bedroom fucking unfinished bathroom like the house is like falling apart like you need to tear it down right basically mm-hmm. to build anything and it was like it wasn't in right in ottawa or vancouver is on the outskirts it was for like four and a half million dollars <laughs> and because it had like an acre of property and like oh dude, just- dude all the places that were like reasonably cost were all like uh trailers and i started dying laughing because i was like Damn, man, these must be luxury trailers because this same trailer down here is like $20,000. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what's this so podcast, special about this one? <laughs> this podcast better fucking take off. I'm not owning a house until I'm 50. Oh, shit, man. I was laughing. I was like, God damn, they want $100,000 for the same FEMA trailer I was given for four years. It's got oh, asbestos in it. It's ridiculous, man. It's like oh, I live shit. out. In the, I live out in the boondogs, right? And my neighbor, like we moved down here, there were probably like six houses on my street, and it's a long street. Mm-hmm. My neighbor 
he he's severed his lot four times okay so mm-hmm. he keeps keeps moving left <laughs> he built his house and because when, when we moved down there he moved down the same time as we did the housing market was really really good and like i'm not gonna say how much we spent on our house because not my financials but yeah you don't want uh, oscar yeah being pissed either oscar yeah you follow <laughs> yeah it ain't oscar try again um wayne scott uh, but anyway, I won't uh, remember that next time, but move on. So, fucking guy severs his lot, moves over like uh, probably like two years later, sells it for double what they paid. For the- he's he's so he's done this a few times. And this past year, he listed this house. It's it's like smaller than mine, like fucking it's like a nice house. It's new, right? You just built it, but it's not like a prime piece of real estate. It's got like an acre of yard. They listed it for $1.4 million. And there, I think they sold it for about 400000 more than they were asking. That's, that's some American shit. God bless them. I, I am so unbelievably screwed, Corey. It's not even funny. It is not fun looking for houses. Like I can't, you can't afford a house in America. You can only rent. And that's the problem is they're buying up everything. So you can only rent. So if you don't fucking just bite the bullet now, you will be stuck renting for the rest of your life at a price that you can't even afford, which will one day be even more expensive than just owning the fucking house. So it's another fucking housing what what's that movie I watched with um Fun with Dick and Jane? <laughs> no, I watched this fucking movie the other day. It was all about the fucking housing market crash in the U.S. in like the early two thousands. It was two thousand eight, and it fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, you'd think after that maybe housing prices would go down, but nope. No, fuck no. I guess I I'll be recording this podcast in my parents' basement until I'm about forty five. You're going to have to get a timeshare with fucking, um, what's your buddy's name? Fucking. Ken Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny. Call Kenny and fucking the other homie. The, the, the uh, Colorado fan. The one I group chat with. Yeah, Rylan. I think that's his name. Yeah. You get a timeshare. Yeah, Go get a timeshare. See, you're speaking fucking. What the fuck is a time? No, you know what? <laughs> I know you okay, guys just own a bit of time in this house. Two you weeks. pay for you pay for time. <laughs> you buy two weeks. What? So, like, there's this property, and you can all buy a piece of it, and you basically own two weeks of that property a year. So, like, if you and your buddies in the just... whole year, <laughs> I don't know how it works out in Canada, and I. I, I'm not even so 100% sure on this, but you you find a shitty place to timeshare and you might get like six months. So y'all just pull it together and you can get a year. So I don't know. How you know, much does it cost to do that? Dude, uh, normally this is like um, beachfront stuff. So like it would be hella expensive, you know? So like your timeshare, you might be like dropping like 
uh, fuck, dude. I'm going to sound like an idiot because I don't know. Let's say $70,000 for uh, $70,000 for two two weeks in, in, in a prime area of sand. For two weeks. <laughs> Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's a month. I, I could buy know. a Tesla. <laughs> buy your stocks. <laughs> you know how much you know how much Bitcoin I could buy with that? Oh well. <laughs> like I should, point I 30, fucking point three two. Yeah, really. <laughs> Actually, I don't even think it I think you might be right. I think it's over a hundred thousand now. Anyway, folks, we might as well end it here. Um we wanna we wanna thank uh Beth once again for uh coming on the pod. Uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed her story of uh, how awesome it is that her and her mom have connected over the Montreal Canadians and can go and spend time and, and spend time with each other, going to games and shit like that. Like I said to her, I, I would love that. I, I wish I, I could afford with this economy to bring me and my father to our first games. I don't think he's ever been to one. If he's, if he has been, then fuck man, I, I'm just really missing out. But uh, thanks again to her. Thanks again to uh, her podcast. If you guys can go listen to Happy Hour, give them a follow as well. We really appreciate it. As for us, you know where to find us on Twitter at Habs Nightly and Bayou Benders. Uh, folks, thanks again for listening. I hope we've enjoyed. Uh, hope you've enjoyed the ignorance and Mason's lagging, uh, sadly, all night. But. I mean, that's the time of the year. It's fucking weather shitty. It's atrocious. It's fucking raining every day down here. And uh, that's life right now. So, folks, uh, this has been Habs Nightly. Thank y'all so much for listening. And we'll talk to y'all next time. Mason, give him a guess. It's been nice. See ya. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac, macaroni, as you call it. It's a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc every week, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put Um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid. 
Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night.